We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. As usual, stay tuned to the end of the interview where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, and all of the show notes are over at theentrepreneurethos.com. As always, thanks for listening. Now, on to my guests for today, Diane Primo, CEO of the award-winning public relations and marketing agency Purpose Brand, and author of Adapt, Scaling Purpose in a Divisive World. Before opening her own agency, Diane acquired significant experience working as a marketing executive for corporations, including Pepsi and what became AT&T, and was CEO of an e-commerce home services company. When she decided to strike out on her own, she sought to combine her passion for purpose-led businesses and her experience and love for marketing. In addition to working with a variety of companies, both well-established and startups, Diane is passionate about solving problems and helping others using a business process framework. She's used this strategy in helping address homelessness in Chicago, where she's based, as well as being part of a technology board that provides access to capital and mentoring for black and brown entrepreneurs. Diane believes articulating and aligning with your purpose is essential for any business. The earlier, the better. Now, let's get better together. Diane Primo, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jari. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's been a it's been a day, but uh, I'm so glad to end it. Doing <laughs> you. <laughs> so, which I'm super looking forward to. You're the founder and CEO of Purpose Brand. You're the author of Adapt, Scaling Purpose in a Divisive World. You run Purpose Brands, you know, PR, marketing, digital, the whole thing that I used to do and still do. So we're like kindred spirits that way. I always love talking to people, you know, in the biz and stuff like that. So uh can't wait to dive into all that sort of stuff. But uh as I always like to say, my first question is always the same. Tell us how you got to do what you're doing today. 
Oh, wow. It, it was a long, circuitous route. Let me just say that, right? So um, I started out in, um, in, in business, like in business, but not as an entrepreneur working for others. Um, I was, you know, classically trained as a marketer. I think I, I worked for 10 years for a company that is now owned by Pepsi uh, Quaker Oats. And, um, uh, you know, did some great stuff there, left as a general manager. I went on to um, really telecommunications, um, both Ameritech and SBC, that's now AT&T. And, uh, you know, there I actually was president of product management and product management, product marketing. And I had um, the full portfolio, product portfolio for the company where, you um, I, I worked on product strategy. I worked on, you know, um, uh, uh, new product strategy, uh, process uh, engineering. I had some engineers reporting to me. Pricing for all for the entire company was all under me. Um, advertising, public relations. So I, I had a pretty significant career on the corporate side. Um, I also was um, CMO for. Uh, CDW, which has like a thousand technology partners and did a lot of uh, incredible work there, starting up verticals, starting up their sales portfolio manager for all sales, um, you know, standing up there, you know, looking at you know, their vision and their mission and all of that. So um, I had a great time there um, as well as uh, a person who did a, a, a startup for a big um, uh VC, Kleiner Perkins, in combination with another company. I like to say that was uh, failed. I learned a lot about being an entrepreneur there because we the board Kleiner Perkins, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't get along. Boards didn't, the, board, the partners didn't get along. Yeah, that's um, the big boys right there. That's big, the big boys. And that was really all, you know, very fun. So I did that first. And then, um, you know, my husband is an entrepreneur. So we're a dual entrepreneur uh, couple. We both went to uh, Harvard Business School. And I think we both just did a, a podcast within the last year. Um, he owns a um, real estate company, a CRE company. Um, and uh, I've always been in, in marketing. So after I left corporate, I really kind of sat back and thought about, um, you know, how do I pursue my own passion and how do I align my own, you know, personal ethos with um, the business that I love most. And I love marketing, right? And so for me, it was a very easy thing to say, oh, let me be more purpose-led in combination with um, uh, in combination with marketing. You know, interestingly enough, that was really sort of the hot spot because the world was really moving to um, purpose. Um, we've always done things from a family standpoint that were purpose oriented, um, meaning that we we probably in Chicago, uh, we do our family founded the largest center for homeless families in the center of Chicago. Um, uh, and uh, we have, you know, maybe five facilities in the most um, challenging uh, areas um, in uh, the city of Chicago. And if you're in, you know, the San Francisco area <laughs> or LA or New York, you guys really get that homeless thing. It's a big thing right, right now. Right. Oh um, yeah. It's uh, oh, huge. Yeah. Whoa, I mean, baby, right. Um, current, it, uh, current mayor breed is trying to figure all that out. And it is. And um, it's, a hard, it's a hard problem. It's a hard problem. And, you know, I approached it from a business standpoint. We stepped back and, you know, really applied sort of a business uh, discipline to the um, 
the whole area and, uh, you know, sort of stood up a strategic plan and that strategic plan has really held. We've, we've accomplished everything we have wanted to and our uh, results in terms of um, how we approach the marketplace and the impact we we make are, you know, significantly higher than the benchmarks. Uh, For instance, from transitional housing, we have 98% placement into permanent housing versus an industry average of around 55. But uh, our approach was very much like a business approach. We did a lot of research. I I actually uh, interviewed myself, probably 25 homeless people to see what the problems were, you know, but we did it as a a, a group. And then we um, scanned and we stood up before it was popular, uh, wraparound services, which are really social determinants of health. And everybody was saying housing first. And we said, oh, we don't think so. And we couldn't get, we couldn't get funded for that for a while. That's entrepreneurial. Too. Like, no, oh, no, no, no. I, wrong. You know, I, no, we were, we were absolutely right. Right. No, 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 no. I get that. You, so, you get me, right? We were absolutely right. Yeah, but, you were. You were. That, that's, that's now the new model. And, and, and more importantly, I think it's the, you know, when you know, I think, and maybe I'd love your thoughts on this, when you know, like the problem and you've yep. dug in enough and you just don't do the surface yep. level, which a lot of politicos here boy oh yeah your stories about that (laughs) and it's a complex problem it's a very complex problem very challenging and you really have to do it from a sort of root analysis um, standpoint then you got to track every metric there is and so um that kind of whole discipline wasn't foreign to me and um i had a you know we have a great a ceo which i help recruit who does amazing work um, and is very highly regarded across the uh, United States. So to have a business that um, really kind of also focuses on things that are purpose-led and understanding that doesn't have to be necessarily philanthropic as homelessness is, it really has to do with helping a business lean in to understand or define or uphold what they do best. What is their superpower? And how do they connect that uh, in this world uh, to improving it in some way, you know? And that can be all over the place. I mean, technology companies have done an amazing amount to to um, improve the um, the society in which we live. Um, but there's a lot of baggage and a lot of downside uh, in terms of what has resulted um, as a result of um, the businesses they've built. You have to be mindful and be focused on on that, right? Totally. So it's all sort of, you know, interconnected. So that's a long story to, um, you know, how I, I got here. I came out of, you know, classic corporate America, heavily trained, waiting, waiting for my opportunity to go out on my own and my family. Because, you know, you, too many oper- entrepreneurs, that's kind of a risky thing if you got a family. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's. No joke. <laughs> so now, um, uh, you know, I, I, we're we're on our own. We have a boutique firm, a team of twenty five. We're excellent at what we do. You know, all sort of you know established sort of business, um, you know, experts that not only get big business, but you know, we get startups and mm-hmm. um, and understanding that and being able to apply those principles from a nimble standpoint, um, you know, really goes a long way. Yeah. Um, wow. So interesting. What you, 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 I'm sure you heard of the Patagonia um, story. Oh, how, yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you, I mean, that's relatively new 
kind of thing, I guess. Is, is, is that how you would define like a purpose type of brand or company? How would you define that? There is, I mean, literally the definition is um, define what you do best, what you do really, really well and connected in some way to uh, improving the world. Um, you know, if you look at uh, Black, Black Rock that has trillions of uh, dollars uh, under assets, they have a purpose and it's to improve um, the, the, the financial well-being of others, right? And so they do that by exercising their you know, power in the boardroom and their power amongst um, investors. And they do a lot of good along the way. Um, I think Larry Fink was uh, very uh, clear about th- about this when he wrote a, a, a sort of a, a landmark letter to uh, shareholders and um, not sure, just not shareholders, but to his clients in 2019 saying, nope, this is the real world. And it's the real world because it speaks to uh, risk. Most businesses have, um, you know, risk that they have to monitor. And in this environment, um, you you need to incorporate this as part of your risk assessment. Um, if if you are operating where uh, a situation becomes a disaster, becomes reputation damaging, that's all risk and can affect the brand and the business very negatively. Taking a long-term view of that is what most of us now have to do. And ESG, which many of you are familiar with, environmental, social, and governance, is really the, um, uh, I want to say, the measuring stick for um, your risk assessment and how well you manage those non-financial measures in the marketplace as you manage those financial measures, right? if you really want to dig down on purpose, um, the book that I just mentioned, that you just mentioned, Jari, which is called Adapt, A-D-A-P-T, Scaling uh, Purpose in a Divisive World, really puts on the table an operational framework for how you um, execute purpose. And it's we broke it down so anybody could really kind of uh, execute it. But what's more interesting about that book is not only do we have an operational model, but we worked with around 15 of um, the most significant companies in the world who are, you know, who believe in purpose and are purpose-led to tell um, their stories. We were lucky enough to have them trust us to um, tell that story. So when you go into the book, um, we have uh, Microsoft, Nike, um, J.P. Morgan, Chase. Um, Chipotle, Patagonia participated, um, yeah, Patagonia. Parker, Lyft, um, Aflac, uh, HPE, Kroger, um, and, and Rockefeller Foundation. They were actually the most fascinating. We chose them because they are pioneers and they, they really think like an entrepreneurial um, company. And actually, there's a chapter in there that is just fascinating on them. Um, Nike also is, uh, you know, uh, just uh, fascinating as well. So, um, you know, take your time and go through that. But the, the framework is really simple. It's an acronym for ADAPT. It's A for assessment. You go through and you do assessment. You've got to, you know, you know, look at the marketplace externally, look at it internally, you know, kind of decide what you do best, look at how, you know, trends are, are changing. Um, the D is for de- define. And that means um, define what your purpose statement is, but more importantly, 
um, really take it down to a grassroots level and, and, and define how you're going you're to operationalize it. Um, the A is for amplification. Once you um, do that definition, you got to figure out how do you really integrate um, uh, you know, purpose and align it with your stakeholders. So that alignment phrase and that communication phrase and that narrative or storytelling phrase is very, very important, right? So that's the A. The P is for performance, okay? Once you do all that, you know, you got to perform and it's metrics, metrics, metrics. And that there's the financial side of what you do. But there's also the non-financial side of what you do. So we spend two ch- chapters talking about ESG. We also talk about the, the S in ESG, which is the social component of it, which today really became very big um, in terms of um, uh, diversity. And the last um, uh, part of the book is really on transcendence, right? Because you really have to, to you know, isn't the purpose of the, that framework is not linear. You're going back and forth. You're continually assessing and reassessing and amplifying. And, you know, you're intently operationalizing. All those things are continuous that you're doing. Um, but you want to get to the point where um, it, it is so ingrained in your operation that it becomes a cultural um, hallmark. And that's so very important um, that your culture, you live and breathe it. And culture really is about the things that you do when people aren't watching, right? And in Patagonia is a great example of that. Microsoft's a great example of that. Nike, I mean, they're early on to the early on, early in to the table when anything breaks from a, a news standpoint. That, that moves cultures, right? Because it ultimately is about brand relevance and how relevant your brand is um, to individual, um, to the public and to your stakeholders. And all that translates not only to the good you do, but also translates to the bottom line. And those companies really seem to uh, get it. Yeah, no, those are, those are all really great examples. Um, so as a, as an entrepreneur, as a startup, do you think it's harder to kind of define your purpose? And I think it's easier. I think it's easier, really. Okay. Yeah, I think it's easier because you're starting from ground up. There are a lot of companies that are, um, uh, if you think about it, you know, think about the Ubers of the world mm. and what they do um, uh, every day in the neighborhoods that they do it. You know, the 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 work that they provided uh, people outside mm. of that uh, narrow piece, um, the, the how economically diverse their base is, how they really help their um, their drivers. We, we did Lyft, we didn't do Uber. How right. they really help their, um, their drivers, right? Uh, and then all the, the ancillary programs that they have, um, like during voting, you know, we pick people up. You know, they do incredible things um, on the ground every day they don't take necessarily adequate um, credit for it's really it's really ingrained in what they do you know um affleck started out focusing on cancer and believe it or not that's really how they started and that has stood up as a huge hallmark within their um company kroger is all about hunger hunger you know think about the 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 billions of dollars of waste we have as a society right so regardless of what you do and how you do it you need to look at that, you know, what do you intend to do and stand it up through to the lens of, you know, how responsible am I going to be? Can I be 
right? And how do I lean into this, you know, from the get-go? It's not an afterthought. It, it becomes, you know, really part of what you do. You know, if you think about it, it's not a stretch, you know. Um, here we have something called P33. And P33 is a technology um, uh, a really um, a board that's focusing on, uh, you know, how do we put Chicago on that technology map by 2033? And, um, you know, you know, they have, they started off with inclusion at their core. You know, some of the big, big, you know, groups that look at tech didn't start that way. But no, a, no, no, they don't. <laughs> no, but as a result, we actually lead in, um, uh, you know, d- diverse, you know, uh, companies um, really uh, being invested in. And so we track all those numbers. We started that way. We, we took a look at it and we stepped back and we said, ooh, for founders, what's the number one issue with you know, black and brown founders? Well, you start a business with friends and family rounds. If you have a, a, a group that has zero net worth as the, those black and Hispanic populations have, right? You know, who are you going to raise money from? Pretty simple, Right. Okay. <laughs> like, true. So, so, so they're not going to be a lot of startups because there's nope. no money. And capital nope. is the juice, right? That's you true. Need juice. juice is capital. Yeah. So um, what we created is we started immediately creating a community or an ecosystem across these founders. And um, we also uh, set up a, um, uh, you know, a competitive competition where we give away money um, every week. Uh, to founders. So, so you, you sit back and you watch this array of incredible founders in their pitches. Wow. And it is amazing. And we help them pitch. We put VCs around them. We do a whole bunch of things at um, once. And as a result, they're kicking butt. And um, I got to tell you, it warms my heart when one of them said, one of them got up and said, this is the best community ever for black and brown founders. There's no place like Chicago, right? How often do you hear that, right? Not, not very um, often. Not, yeah, very, very, often. Often. not yeah. very often. Um, but we, 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 we um, help them. We hook them up. Uh, we try to stand up a fund where we're giving away money. And our final prize is equivalent to the MIT prize and we give away a hundred thousand dollars and wow. um, we're very proud of that um and the, that's the work that's done is is you know uber amazing yeah no you know, no it's it's super important i mean yeah you know J- jane and i you know my late wife jane she she yeah. was a professional athlete she's a publicist for professional athletes yep yep and a lot of her athletes wanted to give back to their community and so oh, yeah. one, one of the players that we worked with is a guy named Dontari Poe played for the chiefs, then played for the Cowboys. He's from Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things she got to do before she died was the um, kind of, we, we started this football camp cause he, he of course, oh, yeah. football. and then uh, we did this thing called an entrepreneur camp, which mm-hmm. was great. I mean, Memphis is one of the poorest cities yeah. and has some of the worst zip codes for childhood poverty, I think in the nation. Mm-hmm. And to your point about the, you know, having someone just say you can do it. It's so oh, simple, good. right? So not, I mean, we even gave away a prize and everything. Yeah. And it's incredible the amount of just amplification of that. And it's simple. It's very, it, it is, you know, it is, um, you know, to build a, a really solid ecosystem where they feel like I'm not alone 
And this is where you go for help. And, um, and help also means where do you go for money, right? Chicago right now is kicking it for, um, you know, starting with, with, you know, kind of diversity at its core from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, And it's been amazing to view and to watch, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You asked something earlier. You asked about, uh, you know, founders and starting, et cetera. But I have some advice for them because I think this is really critical. Um, most most of them don't think about, um, you know, let let me really get focused on my brand from the beginning, like like, um, you know, because we don't have the money, we don't have the time, et cetera. When you get that money, spend some money on brand. You know, what we tell our clients is. And, and this is a, a, a quote. Don't start develop your brand when you're hungry for it, right? When you're hungry for it, people invest in brands. That's what they're investing in. You know, you, you, you got you got a you know your product, etc. It's ultimately about your brand, right? Yep. That's and the story you tell. I always say that. Tell. The founders, um, you know, the team if you built that yep. all how you what's your operational process, right? Um, and you, your name, the message, you know, um, how well you do the text part of it, your tech stack, yep. all of that goes in and relates to the brand, and mm-hmm. all of that affects the brand. And if you allow it to occur without a strong hand to manage it, you get whatever comes out. And oftentimes that's not good. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I I totally agree. I mean, I always tell, especially, you know, I, I know a lot of tech founders and they're always like, yeah. oh, we'll just build it. They will come. Yeah. And I'm all, t- uh, product is democratized. You win yeah. on story and brand, you win on hands story. down, full stop. And I think there's going to be a renaissance of the marketing as a, as the driver of growth. Cause you know, used to be, you know, nowadays, you know, you just do some growth hack and spend a bunch of money, you know, free, free money from the VC on ads, which are going away. Yeah. Even the pitch deck, you know, we've had people come to us to say, Hey, write our pitch decks for us. Right. Because they have to be short. They'd be crisp. You need you need to say you know here's the problem here's what we're going to do about it the solution it needs to be you know tight right and that storytelling as part of that pitch deck is really essential. The second thing I would say to any founder on the phone on the phone right on the um, on the <laughs> listening right on oh, the on, in the magical in ether the, the virtual in the virtual world right. <laughs> um, uh, the, the second thing I would say to you is that um, take a Take a page out of people's books who go internationally, right? If you go international, you're looking for money in Israel, people will say, oh, engage a public relations agency because you want a footprint before you get there. Same thing in the US. You want to build some kind of you know press around you so that um, your brand is sort of being understood and somehow endorsed, even from a third party, that they thought enough of you to write about you, right? When you go into China, you know, there are whole teams that will say, oh, we'll stand up and do some 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 pre-work for you. We've launched things in the US from um, London and Africa here. They they that's exactly what they did before they came into the market. And you need to be a little bit savvy about that and think about, you know, when you get the moment of the time, you need to invest in that. 
Yeah, you know, it's significant because when you stand up from investor and you look like you're half-baked, they probably think you are a little half-baked. Oh, they um, they they are brutal yeah. that way, right? Especially as you're looking for seed and all that kind of stuff, seed and pre-seed yeah. money. When you're getting when you're getting to the next round, um, they are expecting a little bit more advancement, et cetera. So you you have to protect that. And you and you as a founder are part of that branding. Yep. I, I cannot stress that more. So your yep. story is equally important. And it matters. I know. It matters. It really matters. It matters a lot. And mm-hmm. it's funny because, yeah, it's you You, you kind of need the signs of life. You need the what I call the table stakes for PR marketing. You need to build that capacity. I always get without fail someone calling me up and saying, hey, we got some media. Can you help us amplify this? And I'm like, what have you done? Nothing. And I'm like, or we're going to launch in three weeks. And I'm all three weeks. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah. You need like three months to build this up. And they don't understand that yeah. to your point, which I'm glad you brought up. It's an investment that you have to do. I know you may not be able to afford it and you're probably focused on the product, which most people are. Yeah. But what will pay off a lot more, the ROI is huge on PR and brand when done right. Oh, it totally is. Right? Have, you know, now, let me say this. Get your product right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It has to work. Market, authentic market, right? People yeah. like, you know, they measure you on what you say you're going to do. Do not fail in that regard. So always make sure that you've got an excellent um, product. Um, that to me is um, essential. So if you say your product is going to do something, it had better do it. Um, and then you can start to wrap the brand, the public relations around that because you've got something relatively solid, solid, right? Yeah. And there are going to be pieces to that story that you can tell along the way. Pick the pieces, but don't overpromise. Um, uh, that's also very important. Um, you can decide, like anything else, what you're going to do versus what you're not going to do. Big companies do it too. I mean, we had major... Uh, releases from a software standpoint, we prioritize them by impact to the customer. We couldn't, we knew we couldn't do all of it, right? But there was a prioritized list. We worked through the release plan and um, we did, we were able to deliver what we said we were going to deliver and not get ahead of ourselves. Now, the other thing I would say in this market, of course, because, you know, most people are investing in platforms, it's important to sell the dream, Okay. It's important to sell the dream. It's important to sell the vision and what the, what can happen. But at the same time, that initial platform is key to demonstrate that you can do what you were talking about doing today. That's very, very important. But that dream is equally as important because what you start with um, is not it should not be what you end with. Um, and right. that's for sure, right? Yeah, definitely. No, you got to have the vision. Yeah, it's got to be kind of bigger than you. I like the thing. I like what you talk about this transcendence, this mm-hmm. beyond you, beyond what you're doing. And I do think, you know, this whole assessment to find amplify performance is like a flywheel that will launch you into transcendence because transcendence is the ultimate. It has a life of its own and it grows. I mean, we all, I think, are striving at least entrepreneurs are striving for to build something beyond ourselves right Mm -hmm. um so i like i like i like that approach and and i also yeah 
I love the advice of, you know, build, you got to build a brand. Like you can't, <laughs> the, the, the growth hacking days are over. <laughs> People are investing in real stuff now. <laughs> you, you, well, it's, I mean, it's back to what you, where you started, right? It's like classical marketing. I remember, you know, we, you know, we work in the same industry and we're hearing a lot of field marketing come back and like, what's yeah. field marketing? And you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like, you know, so fundamentals are coming back. And I think, again, I do think it's going to be the age of the marketer now because. I think you're, Jory, I mean, you're right. And I, I think the other thing that I think um, your listeners need to understand is that um, it is a science. And, and people don't really understand that it's a science now, right? Yeah. Just because you do social media doesn't mean you can do social media. <laughs> well, there's a new, there's, there's people now when it comes to marketing, there's a new sort of role that's starting to come about. And it's this analytical marketing, the data-driven marketing, the, the people that have to be data scientists to understand it. You got it. Right. And so, you know, you know, we talked to, uh, I spoke at, uh, to our Oracle's, um, at Oracle, Oracle's advertising event as well to their clients. Right. It's just a whole new world. And, you know, purpose truly is at the core of that world as well. And so they're putting in all kinds of um, measures to make sure there are traps along the way to catch what they need to, to catch contacts and content, contacts and content. Yeah. Yeah, and about that, right? Yeah, and and that's how I think you differentiate too, right? Can't be um, someplace that's contextually um, controversial or doesn't make sense. You can have content that doesn't doesn't resonate with your target, and and um, you can't have content that alienates diverse groups. I mean, that just doesn't cut it anymore, right? Um, The the public is going to activate against you. Someone will pick that up. If it goes viral, it's a problem. People yeah. forget that brand is a, a very large intangible asset. Mm. It's worth around a, th- a third of a company's market cap. So these yeah. huge companies out there, the reason they're hunkering down, they're so interested in this, is, hey, my, a third of my value is tied up into, into this. For some companies, it's larger than a third, right? And so that really is, is the um, you know, fundamental uh, issue here. This is bottom line. It's about brand protection, risk management, and um, uh, long-term growth. So, yeah. And I think you got to start with a solid foundation, you know, you like, start with don't, solid. don't skimp. Don't skimp. I was just going to say that. Don't skimp on it. I that's mean, stuff that's important. Don't skimp. Yeah, don't skimp on it. Cause you know, product again, important. And to your point, I agree. You got to yeah. work, but nowadays, depending on the product. Yeah. Anyone can pretty much build anything. <laughs> okay. So I want to do a little, just a little, um, you know, promotion. I'll yeah. tell you about our firm too, right? Yeah, 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 sure. Is that uh, our firm's called, you know, Purpose Brand. That is the name of our um, agency. And we are a group of, a boutique group of 25 that are um, sort of multicultural um, experts. And what that means today is it means mainstream. For all you people out there who are thinking of it as anything else, it's not. Um, 70% of the population is already diverse. Only 30% is white male. Um, and so you need to be, we we include that as we divine our definition of multicultural. Um, but we are a, a company that is, um, you know, national uh, in reach, but we do branding, we do, um, you know, content marketing, you know, public relations earned and owned. 
Uh, and we even do on the ground community engagement because at this moment, feeling local is really important. Um, agree, agree. You know, it really is. Uh, so if people are out there, you know, thinking about uh, a firm that they should be looking at or using for this, especially those that are, you know, we've got some really, you know, wonderful, um, you know, younger uh, firms that are, you know, very, very well funded who are spending their money the right way. And those who have on the docket, hey, we want to grow. Um, but yes, we're the Purpose Brand, and you can find us online um, at PurposeBrand.com. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting because, you know, there's just a lot of, I mean, nowadays, the, the culture now, and, you know, we're, we're starting to move more towards, I'm not exactly sure where we're moving, but you just feel like, one, I think there needs to be something that, like, bring us together we're all kind of in the same, I think COVID sort of, of course, uh, there are groups that were way more impacted than, than others, but, but we just sort of have this shared sense of, oh, wow, like the world can change like this. We need to, especially communities, like, you know, communities are really important to strengthen that local community. And I think part of that is, you know, building a business with purpose. Mm-hmm that serves a community that's, you know, as local as it can be, but obviously with a broader perspective. Um, and yeah, it's, it's important. And I think it's the differentiator when done right. And when done authentically, that it's going to be one of the ways you compete. I can't see any other way. I mean, everything else is Mm -hmm. sort of arbitraged out, you know? Yeah. I I think that, um, your point is well taken, but I, I, it's well taken. It's, it really is. And the other thing I see is I see incredible di- divisiveness as I see convergence. Yeah. Same. So what we see is we see, um, you know, worlds colliding, uh, things converging. We see culture and, and politics moving into one, right? We really do. Yeah. And um, the divisions are occurring around what people deep, care deeply about. Mm-hmm. So as this conversion happens, convergence happens everywhere. Um, people are lining up about what they deeply care about, and they're using their their um, you know tools from a technology standpoint. I heard you said in Silicon Valley Valley um, to really you know amplify their point of view. So we're seeing massive convergence. We're also seeing uh, massive um, di- divisiveness, uh, which is really, really, um, you know, interesting, right? Yeah, I wonder how 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 do how do we deal with that? Because you know, my my whole philosophy is, if you were to just sit down with people that don't look like you or different, you know, cultures or whatever, and you just like talked with them, you'd rapidly figure out that we're all kind of in the same spot. I mean, we are different levels. And of course, there's some people that have more opportunity than others, but they'll generally want the same kind of thing, you know? And I'm just curious how, you know, how as a company, how as a brand should you approach this? Because I mean, you know, to your point, there's this divisiveness, which is, I think, I think it's going to peak and then we're all going to realize that we're getting played (laughs) together. You know, like people are petting us against each other. But how, how do we like, as leaders, well, as entrepreneurs, how do we move that agenda forward of inclusion? I think, and, I, yeah, I think for entrepreneurs, it's important for them to have some kind of point of view on governance as you put together your organization. I mean, you don't think about this when you're one and two employees, but when you start to get like five 
you know, you need to think about governance. Like, you know, what are what what are your policies um, for, you know, having a policy and for harassment, having a policy and for, you know, um, uh, you know, diversity, having a policy and for, um, you know, what happens when someone comes at you with an alternate point of view that is against, you know, perhaps what you stand for. You know, how are you going to respond? What are you going to do? How are you going to react? Right. I think you need to sit down and have those conversations early, right? Especially if you're a technology company, because you know there's this this large looming piece in the technology world around unintended consequences of um, your technology. So as you are developing, it's important for you to sit down early and say, what are the what what impact could this have that we're not planning for? Right. And that's a very important insight, particularly for those people who are entrepreneurs. And that's true in any business now. Sit the table early saying, OK, everybody thinks about the benefits and what we're, what we're doing and, and the impact we're going to have. What they don't think about is the unintended consequences. Yeah. If you do that from a full 360 standpoint at the table early, you're able to put some governance around that uh, early on. Right. Yeah. And make decisions about what you're going to do and what you're not going to do and then stick to them. Our advice for um, any corporation, because we deal with some corporations, as well as any a founder-led uh, company, is that you do need a purpose because it's it's fundamental to what you do, but stay aligned with that, meaning that there are going to be things that come at to you that are going to be uh, against that grain. Stand your ground on that so you actually do begin to stand for something, Okay. And if you if you if you question that, take a look at an extreme example, which would be Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A is a very right wing uh, organization, unabashed right wing organization, right? Um, but they stay aligned with who they are, right? Ben and Jerry's is the other side, activists, very right. left, 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 right? <laughs> well, um, so left, it's like left out there. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Um, um, but but they they stay aligned with who they are. They have a purpose, right? Um, Unilever, Unilever is a great company to look like at, at because they have many 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 brands, um, and those there's a mega purpose to that company. But each brand also leans into a, a, a you know purpose positioning, which I think is also very relevant. Like you know, um, understanding how to position your brand around you know, purpose. Dove is huge. It's about fundamentally making women beautiful. That is a purpose. Making yeah. women feel beautiful, regardless of how they really look, right? Right. right? And so you really have to think about those things and think through them, but you can build huge businesses off of insights um, that uh, are rooted emotionally in what people care very deeply about. So this convergence thing that is happening is, is really critical right? That you're seeing the marketplace. But along with that convergence, you're having people raise their hand and say, I care deeply about these things. And then you're also seeing division, which yeah. means that in today's world, you're never going to make everybody happy. <laughs> it also means that you need to have a plan yeah. for who you're unhappy. And what yeah, you're exactly. And move on it quickly and numbly and be frank yeah. and upfront about it. Yeah. Okay. And I would say this is a, a weird thing, right, Jerry? But don't be stupid in the process. I mean, yeah. like, like, are you really going to like think about what you're going to say? Like, don't like say a line, but don't be stupid in the process. Right? 
No, no, it's good advice. Well, I mean, you know, you, you're in PR, right? I mean, you know, the cover-up's worse than the event. I see this so many times where just admit you're wrong. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, it's like, okay. You I, don't I have to double down on the badness. Oh, like, oh, I, I think about that poor Walmart who, um, I, I think during Juneteenth, put all those products in the store. I said, man, that was dumb. I'm thinking to myself, it's not smart because guess what? Okay. We blacks were the commodity. We were that we were bought and sold. So now you're, for Juneteenth, you're going to create a commercial product and, you know, that can be bought and sold. Like, what do you think is going to happen here? And if you're going to do it, where's the tie back into the community? Where you're where's the, yeah, where's the, so yeah, you just exactly. can't put out a product and say, Hey, let's do this. Yeah. Right. It's fundamentally against the, 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 the intent and the purpose of the holiday, which was freedom based. Yeah. You know, right. I don't have to be bought and sold anymore. Right. Right. I mean, pretty fundamental. So it's pretty fundamental. Yeah. No, you're great. Don't be stupid. <laughs> I love it. That's you know, cool. simple advice is the best advice, Diane. <laughs> yeah, don't be stupid. I love it. Well, it's yeah. been such a wonderful conversation. Okay. I I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Everyone, check out uh, uh Purpose Brand if you're in the market for that. And uh yeah, just buy that book, adapt. <laughs> buy the book too. Purpose and Divisive World, go on Amazon. Um, I, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's pretty recent. So my network can buy it for two ninety nine, basically. Oh, great. It's not there for that price. Uh, it's a $45 book. It's very thick. So, um, download it. And then, uh, I'm hoping you give it a thumbs up and then leave us a review. Cause at this point, reviews are very important to us. Reviews are huge as an author. I know exactly how, what, yeah. what you mean. But Jerry, do that for us. <laughs> Yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it. I love books. I love supporting authors. That's because I'm an author at heart, of course. And I there, just there's and there's a funny that we have one one page review on there that's hysterical. And all he talks about is left, 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 left. I would like, no, this is all research. And if you really looked at it, it's by area, by politics, by everything. And it made me laugh. I was like, this reviewer doesn't even understand business. It's so or funny. didn't it's, read it. <laughs> read it he went in great detail he chose a different angle and point of view I and, just you like, know yeah. that's what and again you got to deal with that anyway i embrace it i totally embrace it I that's was like, the way it works so yeah. thank you okay. so much for your time stay safe Bye, Jared. thanks diane for a awesome interview really uh really wonderful and a pleasure to speak with you as promised here are the actionable insights that i learned from my interview with diane It's never too late to start working on your brand. Once you have a good product, start developing your brand and story. People invest in brands, Diane says. And, you know, yeah, I always say the best story wins. Well, that's your brand, right? I mean, product is mostly democratized. You're going to need to win on story and brand and build that as fast as you can. And I think it's important to ask yourself questions like, what do I stand for? What am I trying to solve? What's my why? What's my big idea? We'll talk a little bit more about that, you know, as we get through these other actionable insights. But it's important. Um, product doesn't do it anymore. So really think about that. To define your purpose, Diane suggests figuring out what it is you do best and then connecting it with making the world a better place. She also advises entrepreneurs, especially those in tech, to sit down and figure out what some unintended consequences of the business might be, and plan how to address them. 
So, I mean, just look at social media, right? And the whole cookie thing. Uh, unintended consequences of that stuff was people got upset, right? Um, why are you tracking me? And now those are going away. So if your business depended on that, there's some serious uh, consequences and repercussions, right? So, yeah, I mean, it is important to have a why and to really understand why you're doing something as opposed to for the external fame, fortune, prestige, and, you know, all the stuff that the trappings of success, as they say. Um, so, yeah. So, so, you know, ask yourself those questions. It's really, really important to really have a strong why. When making a pitch for investment, investment, as well as when building your brand, be sure to incorporate the dream of the future. Initially, you need to prove that you can do what you say you'll do, but people also buy the vision and the promise of what's to come. Yeah, I, I never really understood this until about five years ago or so, um, where you want to deliver today, but have a roadmap for the roadmap. Sorry for the future. Um, it sounds a little strange, but people want to see that you've got some depth behind it. That you're not just a quote unquote one trick pony. So, you know, hard to think about, and you can sometimes get lost in the noise of that and be like, oh, I'm just going to do this and that. But I mean, having a very solid, not only how you're going to execute today, but what your future plans are, important things to think about. So ask yourself questions like, okay, this is the first thing I'm going to do. What's the next thing and the next thing? How does that lead into it? And they should be aligned. That's, that's super important. So there you have it, the awesome actionable insights that I learned from my interview with Diane. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.